What does it mean to listen to Appalachians? That's the question I've been asking myself throughout playing Appalachia. Our current series of conversations with Appalachian and Appalachian-adjacent gamers and game makers. The episode you're about to hear really shows what we miss out on when we're unable to listen. But not in the way you might think. Through our previous episodes, I've shared many a chuckle with other guests when it comes to our shared experiences of missed connections. And no, I don't mean the wacky forum on Craigslist. I mean literal dropped signals. A lack of internet, cell phones that we know will cut out when we drive down certain roads, satellite television that doesn't work when it's raining or just cloudy outside. Growing up, connecting with the outside world was, at times, technically impossible. Technology just didn't work for us the way it did for other people. This week, we're joined by Renee Hill, a pastry chef, gamer, and game streamer who goes by the handle The Caked Crusader on Twitch and YouTube. Renee currently lives in Appalachia and really knows what I mean when I say that it was hard to contact the outside world in my hometown, mostly because Renee lives in the same county I did growing up. My conversation with Renee is, at times, hard to understand, and not because Renee isn't an excellent communicator or because her experiences are just so unimaginable to the rest of us, but because her bad internet connection literally made it difficult to hear her at times. When I first heard the initial mixdown, I kind of panicked a bit. No matter how hard I tried, my audio editing skills were just not good enough to get rid of the nasty sounds. I thought about cutting out the junk bits, but the junk bits are some of the most impactful bits. I even thought about trashing the episode altogether. How could I put on something that sounded so bad? I just couldn't imagine. But then I stopped, and I breathed, and I reconsidered. Wouldn't deleting the episode mean I would be doing exactly what the rest of the U.S. is doing? Just throwing out the sound bites that don't sound good to me? The parts that don't match all the other parts? I decided to keep the episode... Warts and all. Hearing people joke about bad connections is one thing. Actually hearing the effects of these bad connections is a different beast altogether. America has historically had a hard time really listening to the people of Appalachia. And it's so hard to listen when the tools we use to communicate just don't work for the people we need to be hearing from. So, broad beans, I hope you find the time to listen, even when it's hard to hear. And welcome to another episode of Gaming Broadcast, the official podcast of GamingBroadly.com. I'm your host, Jamie Dale, the main broad over at Gaming Broadly, and today we're joined by Renee Hill for another episode on Appalachia and video games. Renee plays video games occasionally with Rosé, occasionally with comedic or insightful commentary, but always with terrible puns and character voices, and to be honest with you, as long as you have the word puns in your bio... That makes you my favorite person. I do what I can. That's one less person to glare at me when I make them. <laughs> yeah, that's so. exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. Um, so Renee has been super nice. She she lives in the region. We actually grew up, um, I want to say very close to each other, but close where we're from is, is pretty far for most yeah, people. <laughs> yeah, it's still like a 40-minute difference, but like that's close for here where we like had to send smoke signals growing up because we couldn't get good enough texts on like primitive cellular networks in order to send text messages to each other. 
So. Mm, yes. I do remember the valleys where people would be like, hey, I'm going through Blank Mountain. We're going to get cut off. I can't talk to you. Like- <laughs> so I'm just going to jump in feet first, head first. What, whatever the important body part is that goes first when you are very extreme, that's what I'm going to do. Renee, what does Appalachia mean to you? Um, Appalachia to me is less of, this is going to sound real hokey, but it's okay. It's less of like a geographic location and more of an ideology. Like it's very focused on like community and family and just kind of a sense of togetherness, um, for better or for worse. Uh, but yeah, to me, like, that's kind of what Appalachia is. Like, I, I, I can say like, oh, Appala- uh, the Appalachians are the region of mountains stretching between Pennsylvania down to Georgia. Like, and like, that's cool, but that's not what that is. Like, to me, it's, it's very much like more of a sense of community and, and, familial integrity than it is a geographic location because that's that's kind of like the the big things here is because we are kind of isolated so like the people that you grow up around which are usually in all honesty your family are like your only neighbors at least in my experience so like that's kind of what you have to go off of I'm really fascinated. I actually I wrote it down and I underlined it because I thought it was a fascinating phrase. What does um familial integrity mean? It's a beautiful Just kind of combo. Like, I said that and I thought it sounded good. And then I was like, I don't really have a good way to say that in real life words. Uh, <laughs> and of course, those are the two that I'm like, ooh, yes. yes. Gosh darn it. All right. Uh, to me, it's just kind of like being very supportive of those that you identify with as family. And I feel like sometimes mm. like family is like not even necessarily like blood relation. It's kind of just like who you have around you and supporting you. Because like I, I have people that I am close to now that I'm closer to than I am many members of my family. Like, but even though they're not family, like I would still consider them like in quotes, my fam, as the kids are saying (laughs) nowadays, uh, like, and I would hashtag them as such. Um, but it, it's definitely, uh, to me, just like an idea of, I don't know, support, I guess, would be a good way to say it. A very flowery way of saying support. We are flowery and hokey friendly. You're on yes. broadcasts. So. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Into it. No, I mean, I think that that's wonderful. And I mean, speaking of family, your family has been there for quite a while. Is that right? I think literally forever we were just kind of like <laughs> it's like that thing in Frozen where the trolls are just like tiny rocks that show up wearing like flower crowns and you're like okay they've been here forever like I'm pretty sure that's like how some of my like great great grandparents were just like little weird boulders that showed up but no like uh yeah my my dad's part of the family is actually from the eastern part of North Carolina down kind of like in the Piedmont uh coastal region and um but my mom's part of the family has been here for forever. Forever have they been in this holler, <laughs> as it were. Uh, what, what have they? What do they do? I mean, is there like a? It sounds very cheesy, but is there like no. an occupation that your family has been involved in uh, for a while? Or is know, it different um, per generation? 
It's different for generation, and I, I this might be kind of relevant. I do have a fun story about that. So my aunt on my and this is on my father's side of the family, so it's not particularly relevant to the whole Appalachian thing, but it is a fun segue. My aunt tried to like trace our family back because she wanted to kind of know like where our family came from. We have a couple of family members out in Texas, and so she kind of wanted to figure out like what the exodus was from like. North Carolina out to Texas. And it turns out that like a bunch of the members on my father's side of the family, like went towards Texas during like the whole westward expansion thing in the United States, like in America's history. And once they got there, I guess like from what I remember, like a few of the men were executed by like firing squad or hanging for like horse theft and murder and stuff like that. Nice. And so <laughs> she was like, no, 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 I don't want to do this anymore. And I was like, no, this is awesome. Like, keep going. So, like, from what I know about my my Appalachian family, it's just kind of been, like, varying uh, varying occupations. Like, there's not really, like, my my pappy and my pappy's pappy and my pappy's pappy's pappy were a blah, blah, blah. Like, it's just kind of like everybody does their own thing, but, like, we've been here forever yeah i mean um work in the mountains has changed pretty substantially i mean it would be impossible i think in north carolina to do the same type of work for many generations considering i think in our lifetime alone we went from like a huge emphasis on like tobacco oh yeah to like leisure activity tourism (laughs) it went from like like moonshining to tobacco to something that was like actually beneficial for your health, like hiking. And <laughs> so no one knows what to do. Like the family business is in shambles. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I'm being facetious. Like there are a bunch of like really like not to play into the whole like stereotypical like moonshining element of like growing up in the mountains. I am being facetious. Uh, I mean, but, I did drink but, moonshine growing up. I mean, not, like, heavily. I don't want to give anyone the impression that, like, my family gave me alcohol as a child. But, like, <laughs> like that was it was around. And they're like, here, let's make sure you never drink again. Try a sip of moonshine. And here, it was mostly this. effective till I was 21 because it tastes like garbage. Oh, it's it's awful. It's, like, literally <laughs> gasoline. <laughs> I, uh, I remember we got a batch of moonshine from Popcorn Sutton. Uh, like right before he passed away, me and my friends did. And then, uh, or I guess right before he like stopped making it and then he passed away and, uh, somebody spilled some on a desk and we woke up the next morning and it had like eaten through the varnish (laughs) on the desk. And there was a moment of like realization where all of us are standing around and we were like, Oh my God, we put that in our body. Do you know what's not as as like has as much structural integrity as as paint finish? It's probably intestinal lining. Like this is not good. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of like Coca Cola, right? Um, a little bit, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, people drink that all the time. At least it's it didn't a- have cocaine in it. I guess it's small, true. small pleasantries. It's- well, <laughs> look at so- the positives. <laughs> Always look on the bright side of life.
since you've been in the area a while, you you've been around. For those of you who don't know, our our region, Western North Carolina, has recently been inundated. Oh, that's not a word. Inundated. There we go. Has been inundated with. <laughs> I hate to use the word outsiders because that seems rude, but transplants to the area. Yeah, I think transplants is a it's nicer way of saying it. They're my friends. I enjoy their their company. Um, my my mom was one of them also. But so, but you've been around for a while. Has there been any kind of funny responses upon meeting you that you you've kind of experienced from people who are new to the region? <clears throat> no one thinks that I'm from this area. Originally, like no one ever. This is just I, a grand so, hoax. <laughs> yeah. So from hearing my voice, like I don't really have much of an accent at all. And that's kind of a thing is like everybody from this area has a really, really, really like heavy, thick southern accent for the most part. Like if you hear my parents talk, it is like insane. Um, no one thinks that my parents are related to me, by the way. Uh, but I, I, you know, you see me and I'm like. Like, I have anime tattoos, and I have, like, cotton candy hair, and all I do is, like, play video games and cosplay <laughs> and stuff. And when people are asking me about, like, oh, did you, like, when did you move here? I'm like, I've literally always been here. Like, always. <laughs> They're like, that's not right. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's 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 my thing. Like, no one can believe that this area produced something like me which is kind of funny but also kind of sad in a way because it just kind of like shows like even i mean here in the year 2017 whatever gosh darn year it is uh like there's still this very prevalent stereotype of people who are from the area who like you know are just kind of and and i'm not saying this to be like condescending or anything like that but it's just like always like very like backwoods and like your pastimes are hunting and fishing and like probably growing meth like it's (laughs) (laughs) that's how that works right that's how that works yeah you've Uh, definitely grown meth before you're very meth familiar i've done it i've been around the meth block a few times um That's not true at all, which should be evident by the fact that my Thank go-to you. response was growing meth. Um, and meth block, which but, is... And meth block. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, there's this very prevalent negative stereotype that kind of gets put forward to people. And so when you meet people and you're something that is, like, just completely not that, there's like this this moment of disbelief. They're like, no, 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 no. And I'm like, yeah, dude. And I like, I uh, so I I know that you know I I stream gameplay and offer like, as you said before, like occasionally funny. Like sometimes it's insightful commentary about stuff, and they're just always like blown away that video games are as big a part of my identity as they are, and like as much of you know, what I do and who I am as they are. And it it always takes a little bit of convincing. Like, no, I promise that I'm from the area. Like I can produce like, I can produce like birth records, like birth certificates. (laughs) I got those like proof of residency. I have some like utility bills somewhere around here. If you want to see my car payment uh, thing and like my student loan payment (laughs) envelopes and like have my address confirmed, like I got that. But it's it's always really funny and like a little sad to me that people are so 
in disbelief that I don't show up and I'm not like, because I do think that like the idea, blah, 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 blah. Sorry about that. I said that word really weird. The idea (laughs) that gets put forward of people from the area is kind of being like a little backwards and with a really heavy Southern accent and just kind of like super dumb and with terrible dental hygiene is like what they're expecting. And when you're not that, it's just kind of, which is, is really sad to me a lot. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I remember you were talking about anime. Sailor Moon was a huge part of my child that like, yeah, I remember getting on the bus cause it would start just as I would get off my hour and 15 minute long bus ride. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And I would mm-hmm. watch watch Sailor Moon. Like, it was so funny to me that people thought that we didn't have Sailor Moon. Someone was like, yeah. I can't believe you had Sailor Moon. I'm like, it's just satellite <laughs> television. Like, calm It's yourself. still a television show. <laughs> like, we didn't have a ban. Like, I remember We had a ban on alcohol sales, not on anime. <laughs> on alcohol, Sailor Moon. Um, <laughs> no, because, like, that's, that's one of my, like, very prevalent tattoos is I have the moon stuck on my forearm. And what? I didn't know that. That's yeah, so yeah, no, it's huge. It's so it cool. My You're so cool. Forearm. My mother is so disappointed. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, it's got to be better know, than the charcoal, I guess. I, you know, I've got to get that filled in. <laughs> That's what you get for like going to a party and getting a stick and poke of an indie game cartoon character. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> no, it's it's always so funny to me because I talk about like when I was growing up, like. My biggest influences were, like, the original Star Wars trilogy and, like, watching Princess Leia and then, like, Sailor Moon and Dragon Ball Z and Teen Titans. And people are like, you watched that growing up? I'm like, do you think that we didn't have TV in the mountains? (laughs) Like, do do you think that we were immune from the pull of delightful characters delivered through different artistic mediums? Like, what, what do you think I my life was like as a child? Like, what do you they were like, I don't know. It's just like the idea of a kid growing up like in this area like 20 years ago and watching anime is like really bizarre to me. And I was like, it was to my parents, too, but they just let me watch it because I guess it's better than like growing meth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you invent the ability to grow meth, though, you'd be raking in that dough. I probably would. I should probably... I would be raking in more dough than I am now, which is saying a lot because I'm a pastry chef. <laughs> oh, dough. But uh, I'm changed. <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you every step of the Thank way. Thank you. Thank you so much for enabling me. <laughs> Anytime. Pun enabler. That's my new business. Yes. Plan. That's good. So you, you mentioned growing up with, with Sailor Moon and Princess Leia. And I know now you're into the whole indie game. That makes mm-hmm. it sound so... So the whole indie game thing. The whole um, indie game thing. I know, right? But what what kind of was one of your earlier memories of games? Do you kind of remember when when it oh, all started? God, when it all flashback. <laughs> uh, so I vaguely like I have vague memories of playing. Like um, I vaguely remember my dad having an Atari and like playing Pitfall. Like, I don't think that I ever played Pitfall. I think I just watched him play. And then we had a Nintendo, and I vaguely remember playing, like, Mario and Knockout and, like, Dr. Mario. But then, like, the first solid memory that I have, because, like, where I grew up, and I think that that you can 
uh, resonate with this as well. It's not like I couldn't just like I lived like a solid like 15 or 20 minute car ride away from my closest friend. And I don't mean closest like emotional distance. I mean like <laughs> geographical distance. It was like a solid 20 minute car ride to my geographically closest friend's house and I didn't even like that kid that much. And like so video games for me were like a way of kind of connecting with people while I was out in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, my parents were, you know, they were busy. They had jobs. So they couldn't just kind of like drop everything and do everything with me. So video games for me were definitely almost kind of like a, a, a supplementary sibling in a way. Uh, they were, you know, I, I read from a very early age. I was a very avid reader. And then I grew into like the age where I started playing video games. And for me, video games became like such a way of connecting with, in a sense, the outside world. Um, but that club, like that earliest game memory for me was a game for the Sega Genesis called Vector Man. And I don't really know how to explain Vector Man to you because like, I went back and tried to replay it on an emulator and trying to replay it is just as much of like a weird fever dream as trying to <laughs> recollect what the experience was like playing it for the first time. Because it's like the idea is that I, if I remember correctly, it's like humans have been driven off the planet because they they polluted it to the point where it was inhospitable or inhabitable rather. And I mean, I'd be I'd be pretty inhospitable if I was the planet. You came in, you made it garbage, you yeah, smoked in my house. Yeah, didn't offer you any refreshments. It was <laughs> awful. Uh, and so, like, humankind built robots to try to, to, to clean up the planet. But then the robots turned, if I remember correctly, and drove humankind from the planet. And then they sent Vector Man, who was, like, this slightly anthropomorphic figure of, like, magnetized balls um held together that that could just do it was a it was a weird game like, like it was Battlestar a weird galactica game. a little bit yeah it was very it was like very Battlestar galactica like kind of mixed with near automata and, like, <laughs> just uh, dropping nerd bombs all over just, this conversation just, it was just bizarre like i but that was like my first game and like that was the first game that i became like so obsessed with and with outside world, you mean not just like outside of the mountains, but also just like outside of your outside of my property. own head. Yeah, yeah, like outside of my own head. Like I mean, like establishing. Like I think that I had a closer interpersonal relationship with Spyro the Dragon than I ever did any like other child until I was like probably in middle school. Like you know, it was like games like and and as I got older, we got like a. Uh, we got like an N64 and a GameCube and a, a PlayStation 1. Like my parents kind of, and I will say this about my parents, they kind of recognized that like this was something that I was really into and that brought me a lot of entertainment and a lot of enjoyment. And so they were, they were very supportive of that, which holy heck I am thankful for. Uh, because I have friends who like, I'm talking to them about these games that were so instrumental to my childhood. And they're like, yeah, my parents didn't really let me play video games. And I'm like, <gasps> just like visibly taken aback. Like, 
<laughs> like you've stabbed me in the face. Like I don't understand it. Um, we but- thought during that time when I mean, and people still are, but there was definite fears about violence in video games causing violent behavior yeah, in the children. Yeah, for like it was sure. very much so on the news. I think Columbine, oh, like yeah. all that stuff was. Oh yeah, was happening. And I, I think that was kind of one of the things that my parents were really thankful for, as I was never like because around the time like when i was growing up was around the time that kind of like games like grand theft auto that were just like about just kind of like very gratuitous violence came about and that was never like super my jam you know um which not that there's anything wrong with those games like they're cool like they're fine they're just not my my personal speed uh so like while i'm growing up like i you know i i fell in love with like the Zelda franchise and with uh with the Tomb Raider franchise and with those games like and and like the Baldur's Gate franchise uh and I I never with those games like even though the places that I was exploring and the places that I was visiting within context of the game weren't like actual physical locations that I could ever visit at any point in my life they did offer like kind of a form of escape, like a, a, a way for me to kind of like travel outside of the parameters of my own physical abilities and kind of experience a world outside of my ability to ever experience in the real life, if that makes sense. Like, I know that that sounds very like jumbled together, but um, and I, I think that that had... In growing up, like I said, like, I was a very avid reader when I was a child, too. But, like, also, like, playing these games, I think, had a very, very significant impact on my ability to kind of, like, as I as I grew older, like, my ability to just kind of, like, you know, do, like, improvisation and problem solving and, like, my imaginative abilities, if that's a word, I'm going to say that's a word. Totally. Uh, a word. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I think that so often, and I, I feel like even now, like so often so much negative gets placed on, on video games. Like, oh, kids play video games and they don't go outside all that often. Da, 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 da. Like, I mean, I didn't go outside all that often as a child. And I think I turned out okay. Like I said, like I couldn't really like, go down the street to my friend's house, which if I learned anything from 80s movies, it's that being a like young teenage child on a bicycle is the most dangerous thing to your health. <laughs> so like maybe it's good that I didn't get to do that. But like, I, I feel like so often so much negative emphasis gets placed on what video games, like the impact that video games have on, on kids specifically like, young teenage kids uh when really there's so much positive that they that they offer um so my my friend that i do playthroughs with makes fun of me because i actively seek out games that just drag me emotionally like, I'm not about, like, any kind of escapism from the the emotional weight of the real world. Like, I want to get drugged down even further. I don't think a game's good unless it makes me cry, like, a lot. 
Um, <laughs> What's the last game that made you cry? Oh, um, we literally, okay, so I had played through Undertale a mm. few years ago, but was so, like, overwhelmed at the end of, like, the initial playthrough that I didn't go back through and do, like, the after playthrough. Uh, so we, we actually did a playthrough of Undertale for, uh, my, my playthrough channel on YouTube and my friend was playing through it because he hates Undertale. And so that's, that's kind of the idea is we're each making each other play games that like we don't like, but the other person really likes and just kind of like discussing the, the different artistic nuances and stuff, uh, throughout the games. Uh, but so we played through that kind of like, quote unquote, like after credit sequence, kind of maybe at the end of Undertale. And I openly sobbed. So the last time that I cried over a video game was less than 24 hours ago. <laughs> and it was Undertale. Good choice. Uh, Good choice. Solid, that, solid selection. Before that, it was uh, Doki Doki Literature Club. Which I played through and is very good and very free. So everyone should play it. <laughs> uh, don't need that cash monies. I'm gonna I'm gonna be personal now. Are you ready? Okay. Are you ready yes. for this personal question? So ready. So because I you know, I know of your internet existence, uh, I also know that you you've done some playthroughs and some thinking about video games and mental health, which is something mm-hmm. you've talked very openly about in the past. Have you found that games have really helped you access or like gain a better understanding of mental health? And oh, holy shit! Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! I'm sorry. Am I allowed to curse? You are definitely okay. It's totally oh, fine. Thank fucking god. Okay. Okay. So, <laughs> um, yeah. No. So, like, going back to kind of the whole like, <clears throat> this is like a brief backtrack, but like growing up in the area in which we grew up, um, with like very and I love my folks a lot, both with like very conservative, very religious folks. Uh, mental health isn't really something that gets like openly addressed the way that it needs to. Um, it's kind of the exact opposite. It just kind of gets like we take a rug, we shove everything underneath it and we pretend like it's OK. And so I kind of struggled until like. I mean, fairly recently i'm i'm 27 right now and i think that like when i finally started searching out help for like my mental health like kind of like came to terms with what was going on and understood really fully what was going on and and kind of <clears throat> sought help and in you know all that jazz uh it has been just a couple of years ago um and for me different games have like helped even if it's not been with like a coping thing, it's definitely with a representation issue. Uh, because it is so affirming to see yourself and like see the thought processes that you go through and see like the way that you feel, um, portrayed in, in different mediums that you respect a lot. Um, like for me, when I was playing through, uh, through Night in the Woods, for example, um, my story and May's story are very similar. Like I graduated high school and have been dealing with, um, <clears throat> what would later get diagnosed as anxiety, like really terrible anxiety and depression 
years on down the road. But at the time, like I graduated and, and went to, I went to college, uh, in Charlotte and had to drop out in my sophomore year because I was having such difficulty functioning with, with my depression because it had gotten to that point. And I remember like moving back and just thinking, like moving back in with my folks and just like, having this overwhelming like kind of conflict where I was like, I know that this is better for me, but I also feel like such a failure because I've moved back in with my parents, like back to my hometown, which was exactly everything that I was told not to do the entire time that I was growing up because that means that I'm a failure. And I, the first time that I played night in the woods, like seeing her story play out like that. And just like some of the ways that she described dealing with her own like mental health issues in the way like I remember very vividly at one point she kind of describes where uh things just kind of lost their shape and their their distinction and so it was just kind of like she could still see like vague outlines of things but everything was kind of blurred together and lost its focus like I was like oh <laughs> all right all right yep Yep, that's sure. That's right. That's that's super right. Um, playing through um I, the hardest game that I've had that I've played through. Um, and I did a playthrough of it for my channel. Um, which was I think this was actually like the first game that I did in that series. And I immediately realized that I had made a huge mistake and I had taken on like way too heavy of an endeavor, but I was like way too into it to give up was um, the game Actual Sunlight, uh, which uh, takes you. It's a very like uh, text narrative heavy uh, dialogue or text dialogue uh, heavy narrative kind of RPG about this guy who's dealing with really terrible depression and, and suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And the writing in that game is like, honestly, the most spot on representation that I've ever seen of dealing with depression and suicidal urges or thoughts or tendencies. And there were several times playing that game where I, I, I like had to step away from it. Like I had to take a break and I was like, like for kind of good reasons, because like, holy shit, this is doing a really good job of conveying like what it's like to live with this for people who might not be experienced or blah, 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 who might not have experienced it, but also holy shit, this is doing a really good job of doing this, like too good of a job. Um, so I, I definitely think that video games are this really fantastic uh, way to kind of explore and normalize mental health issues, not just for people who are dealing with them because they resonate with them and they see themselves in them. And it's kind of like a, a, a sense of reinforcement and support, you know, kind of like, hey, you're not going through this alone like other people know what you're going through. But it's also a really invaluable tool for people who haven't dealt with that sort of thing in their life. Like maybe like they haven't dealt with it personally or that they know of, they don't have anyone in their lives who have dealt with it. And I feel like it's more of an impactful medium to talk about this than like movies and television, because with stuff like that, you're a spectator, right? But when it's something like a video game where you're actually controlling the person or interacting with the person vicariously through your character, 
and dealing with this stuff, it, it kind of like makes it more personal and kind of gives it more meaning while you're dealing with that. So, so the, the, the lessons and the tones and stuff that come through about dealing with mental health issues kind of come through a little bit clearer when you're talking about them through the medium of video games, because it is such an immersive medium. Yeah. I love, um, so I'm reeling from the statement you said at the very beginning, because I thought it was so geniusly phrased that seeing someone like you represented in a medium you admire and respect like has yeah. a huge lasting impact. I just think just the phrasing of that is, is really gorgeous. Yeah. And like in a positive way too, like, and it's because we've, we've seen people throughout the history of media represented that have mental health issues, but we've seen them represented as like the crazy person, quote unquote, who becomes a serial killer or like the kid who goes and shoots up a school or like the girl who sits in the corner, like quietly murmuring to herself because like there's something not quite right with her and we don't talk to her. Like, those are all representations like we see ourselves in those, but like not in a good way. And that just kind of like hammers in like all of these negative ideas that you have of yourself when you're dealing with stuff like that. But seeing yourself represented in a way that's like normal and humanized and relatable is so, 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 so important and so meaningful. It's 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 remarkable, like how touching something like that is to me as someone who has like been going through therapy and like understands kind of what they're dealing with and is on medication. So I can only imagine how impactful doing like playing something like that would have been and seeing something like that would have been to me as like a 15 or 16 year old where I had no idea what was going on. But like seeing these characters voice the exact situations that I was going through and just didn't have a, anything to name it as or like you know a way to to really address it or bring it up it's it's kind of that thing with like <clears throat> you know like once you know the name of like a spirit or a demon or whatever if we're gonna get into supernatural things like if you can name it it doesn't have power over you anymore like mm -hmm. it still has power over you but like if you can name it and if you can confront it for what it is, instead of having it just be this faceless menace that's hanging over you, you take away some of the power that it has over you. And I think that it's so it's just so cool to me that something that I've grown up my entire life doing and and enjoying and and finding myself in and kind of like taking solace and and refuge in can have such far reaching effects for for kids who are growing up growing up now who might not really know exactly what they're going through. But if they hear a character talk about the same things that they're going through in a normalized in a like respectful and and supportive way, like the impact that it could have on them, it just it just makes me so happy and so excited for like where the industry is going and like what it could do in the future. Like what it's already done that we don't know about, like stories that we don't know about and like the ones that are going to come forward later on. Sorry, I get really excited about stuff like that. I love that it. I I'm like, like basking in the glow of your like <laughs> excitement. I'm like, oh, my God. No, I was thinking about in, in, in one of my previous episodes, Dr. Kat, when talking about representation of Appalachian people, said it was as simple as writing people who are human. Mm -hmm. And I, I think for me, it's something that seems so simple, but so difficult for media to get right 
sometimes yeah. these days. It's so easy to fall back into very inhuman kind of character caricatures. Ooh, that one's mm-hmm. a hard word to say of yeah. of humans. And I, I was actually thinking because this is a great tie-in, but the way that you talk about how mental health is represented in media mirrors a lot of kind of the reflections you get from people when you tell them that you're from the Appalachian region. Oh as yeah, well. for sure. For sure. And I'm going to throw it out. I mean, I know you already mentioned Night in the Woods, but are there mm. other video games that you think have have represented our our region well? If at all. <laughs> yeah, I am, I'm trying to think like yeah, I I'm trying to think and because like just right off the top of my head, I can't think of really anything like every time I think of a character with like an overtly heavy southern accent it's never in a good way um like they're always some kind of weird redneck that lives out in the middle of the woods and kills and skins people and then eats them um i mean that's how we got our our protein so i mean yeah i mean i'm not i mean it's it's a fact of life like it's not always deer season but don't (laughs) it's not always deer and turkey season like (laughs) we have to survive the winter same as you you guys we can't get out to Ingalls during the middle of a blizzard you gotta go out of the smokehouse Guys, we don't actually eat people. That's that's not a real thing. It is, it's not a real here. thing at all. I've I've never that's met anyone really. who ate people. Uh, um, not yet. I mean, there's not there's yet. Always the future. But I I will say, gosh, there was something that I was thinking about earlier that I was like, oh, this. Oh, um. So it's not explicitly stated that like he's from the area. And let me double check on his name because I'm super blanking on it right now. Um, but it's the mechanic in Borderlands 2, mm. um, who has, like, that really heavy, goofy southern accent, and you think that he's just gonna be, like, a bumbling idiot. Um, uh, Scooter. That's oh, Scooter! Uh, Scooter! <laughs> like, you think that he's just gonna be kind of, like, a weird, bumbling idiot, but then, like, he's actually kind of a brilliant engineer, and um, then there's also, oh, gosh, what is his name? I'm real bad at remembering names, you guys. That's a fun fact about me. There's a character in, and bear with me here because I know that the show has its flaws, but there's a character in Supernatural. Uh, I can't find his name, but he's like the very, uh, uh you know, not even that guy. Uh, friggin' Bobby has, like, a really heavy southern accent, and he's kind of, like, a southern goof mm-hmm. when you first meet him. And then, like, the more that you get to know him, the more you realize, like, okay, yeah, he's, like, really stubborn, and he does have, like, a really thick southern accent, but, like, he's really intelligent, and he's really brave, and he's really passionate about the people that he cares about. And, like, so every, I just feel like everything negative, like, every negative connotation that you have about him as a character, like, when you first hear his accent, because it's it's there, it's like societally ingrained. Like he comes, he shows up, and he's got like a really heavy southern accent, and you're like, this guy's a dumbass. And then like the more you get to know him, you're like, actually no, like he's a pretty excellent dude. And I'm just really, I'm hoping, and I'm thinking that that's kind of like where we're heading. I'm hoping so much because like I remember. And I, I had mentioned this earlier when when talking about kind of like seeing myself in the Night in the Woods protagonist. Um, 
I I know that like when we were growing up, like that was kind of the narrative pushed was you have to get out of here to be successful. Like, you know, if you stay in your hometown, like you're just going to like get married to whoever you went to prom with and like have 14 kids and like success was defined as elsewhere. Yeah, success was defined as going elsewhere and making something of yourself outside of here. Um, and, and I definitely like bought into that and it was never like, honestly, it wasn't even necessarily like something that I got reinforced to me by like my peers or by like my, people like any teachers or like guidance counselors or anything like when I was in middle or high school it was more like societally ingrained upon me like that 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 was the thing you know um and I feel that like as I've gotten older I've kind of became more comfortable like I I remember when I first went to UNC Charlotte I was so hesitant to tell people where I was from because especially like if they were from North Carolina you would tell them like oh I'm from Madison County and they're like oh like, I was very self-conscious of it. And, like, as I've gotten older and kind of, like, seen more of the world, I've became, like, not only more comfortable in where I'm from, but also, like, more proud of where I'm from. And, like, I'm very proud of, like, no, you know what? Like, I am, like, a very well-spoken, like, weird, nerdy person <laughs> who is from this area. And I'm very proud of being from this area because I think it has so much to offer and so much to teach people. And and I feel like a lot of my peers when I was when I from when I was growing up in the area have kind of reached the same the same thing, because while I might not have much of an accent, I have peers who definitely did. And I remember like going like when I went to UNC Charlotte, like going to Charlotte with a couple of them and they would maybe try to like downplay their accent a little bit. But now like, as we've gotten older, it's just like they've leaned into it and they're like, no, you know what? Like I'm a very well educated, very well-spoken person uh, who is very, you know, progressive and very open to different things. Um, I'm very knowledgeable about the world. Uh, And yeah, I'm, I'm from this area in the Appalachians and it's fine. So I, I'm really excited, like as kind of that generation and like future generations kind of grows up, like the continuation of that, where we're putting people, let me rephrase that, where people who are from the area are like putting themselves out as being from the area and also XYZ instead of XYZ in spite of being from the area. If that makes any sense at all. Okay. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, the the people we grew up with are fairly nuanced and diverse, much like every other place I've been to in different yeah. ways at times. Um, yeah. But the diversity is still there. It's so funny you bring up accent. I remember my senior year, we I was um, in an honors luncheon because I was one of those kids. And the woman giving the speech, and it just came back to me the other day, the whole speech was about, please don't lose your accents. And she was mm-hmm. speaking to a bunch of folks who most of us were headed towards colleges and jobs outside of the region. And yeah. she knew that. And she's like, please don't. And I don't think I really understood it as as a kid. And it's something that as I grew older, I I now think about the desperation in that plea of like, don't, yeah. don't forget. Like, don't forget us. who you yeah. are. Yeah. 
um, like represent us and you know where you came from well. And I, yeah, I think I, I've really taken that responsibility to heart really intensely, especially in, I hate saying like post Trump. Um, yeah. Uh, but, but no, yeah, I mean, in the era of of Trump, Trump country, it's like no, there's there's more there than you yeah. think, and I'm going to make you realize that by existing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> As who I am. So, like, I'm not gonna lie. There are times, like, when I'm talking in public forums, and I kind of like, especially now, I'm really tempted to like, especially when I'm saying things that are like slightly more progressive and like for. Things that aren't typical, you know, Southern ideologies uh, to speak in a Southern accent, because like I never really like I have two times that I've, I really speak in a Southern accent. One is when I am very drunk gonna, and one gonna guess is, that because that's mine <laughs> as well. <laughs> um, the other is when uh, I worked as a server at Red Lobster and I found that it increased the amount of tips that I got during tur- <laughs> tourist season. Uh, because if I walked up to a table and I said, Hey, how are y'all doing today? Would you like me to bring you out some sweet tea or some biscuits to start with? Like my tips would immediately go up. Like because they're getting the, the authentic Appalachian yeah, they're getting experience. The authentic experience at Red Lobster. <laughs> welcome to your authentic Appalachian experience in Red fucking lobster. You're welcome. Um, but no, like I, like as I've gotten older, like I've kind of found myself like, a little like I don't want to change the way that my voice is because I kind of like the way that my voice sounds. It's uh, adorable. But at the I same mean. time, I sound like an anime cat. I'm comfortable <laughs> with it. I can never uh, effectively convey when I'm legitimately angry at someone because it just sounds ridiculous. Uh, but like I've found myself kind of being a little more like lamenting of the fact that I don't have more of a southern accent because I do wish that I could be more of a visible force. Kind of, or like a visible presence, I guess, would be a better term uh, for for that. But I just, this is, this is how my voice is, and this is how I'll die. You know, you say presence, but I think you're a force, for the record. Thanks. I think you are quite moving and shaking in your own regions. I mean, you definitely See, I say presence because I think that I'm just a gift to everyone. <laughs> I just, I, no, I'm totally kidding. That's the most presumptuous thing I've ever said in my life, even in jest, and I feel weird about saying it. I redact everything I just said because I feel gross about I'm it. I'm overcompensating because of my low self-esteem. Please don't look at me. Um, I know Dude, the drill. Just me next time. It's fine. <laughs> Well, if someone wanted to continue to receive the present of your presence, where would be the best way to find you? Um, Other than you, in you know, <laughs> Western North Carolina. Yeah. Uh, as long if you don't want to like find my physical address and come hang out with me and like grab a beer sometime, which I'm cool with, uh, you can find me on. Um, I have a Let's Play channel on YouTube that is the Caked Crusader. So it's like the Caped Crusader except with cakes because I'm a pastry chef. So it's uh, <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. It's beautiful. I'm very proud of it. It's very proud of it. Uh, so T. H-E-C-A-K-E-D-C-R-U-S-A-D-E-R. Um, so just, uh, pop on YouTube, just search for the crate, the blah, 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 the Caked Crusader. You'll see my face, uh, and a lot of video game videos and you'll be like, Hey, that's that person. Um, I also have a Twitch channel by the same name, which I'm not very active on right now. I should be in the future. 
Um, but you are more than welcome to follow me there if you want to, or if you want to just keep up with my day to day goings on, so you can follow me on Instagram. Also at the Caked Crusader, there's a lot of baked goods and a lot of dogs <laughs> and a lot of selfies because I'm a vain B word. <laughs> no, you're trying to put your presence in the world. It's I'm overcompensating for it's the low self-esteem that I've had for years. <laughs> Just let me take this picture of myself with a filter on it that makes me it's feel good about myself. Yep. It's fine. <laughs> I look so shiny. Um, yeah, I look so good. <laughs> I'm with you. Well, Renee, you are wonderful. I'm so excited to have this conversation and to get to know more about your childhood and gaming. Actually, I, I look forward to following your, your exploits on, on YouTube. Oh, you. And on thank Twitch you. when you get better internet. Which yes, that's for Thank a later you. conversation. The perils that's for of a later conversation. connectivity in the rural North Carolina mountains. Oh boys, <laughs> yeah boys. Awesome. Well, thanks so much, and everybody who's listening, thanks so much for joining us. As always, it is a pleasure to have you meander through the conversations that I uh, entrap. That's not a phrase. Thanks for coming. <laughs> it's going to be great. Have a wonderful I hear day. Against my will. <laughs> Let me out. <laughs> goodbye. Um, but no, seriously, goodbye, y'all, and have a wonderful, a wonderful day. Under 53 minutes? I think we did. <laughs> Hang on. Let me double check. Let me double check. We had 13 seconds Oh, left. my God. <laughs> uh, whoa, buddy. Look at that. Well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine.